Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask. This is Matthew, and I'm here with Andrew again. And uh, Andrew said he's feeling a little feisty about this question today. So um, we will see where this goes. But Andrew, what is our question for today? All right. Our question is, is it acceptable for a Christian to use any hallucinogen and or what should the Christian view on hallucinogens be? So we should note right out the gate that, and put blame where it belongs. This is actually a question that came from uh, Matt Ortlip. And um, so this is since you didn't ask, but he's the only one that did ask. The rest of you probably didn't. So um, it still fits our podcast, but it's actually a great question. He goes on and, and uh, says related questions to this are, does the reason behind the use of a hallucinogen um, matter. So for medical, recreational, personal, does that make a difference? Or in all cases, is it acceptable or unacceptable? Is there a black and white answer to the use of hallucinogens? He's specifically asking about hallucinogenic mushrooms um, and so forth. Um, is this a moral, ethical issue? Is it up to individual interpretation? Um, should these uh, types of things be treated the same way as alcohol, marijuana, um, other opioids? Um, why or why not? What Bible verses do we use to point to an answer? So he is unpacking this in a lot of ways, and, and there's a lot of good things to talk about. And the last thing to note, which I have heard from many people, um, uh, uh, many, it may be an overstatement, but make the case to say there are a lot of anecdotes and even research showing that um, the use of certain hallucinogens can break mental shackles, end addiction, help with depression and anxiety, manufacture enlightening uh, trips and improve spiritual well-being. We've had very, we were just talking that there's a very prominent and um, uh, mature Christian man that we both know um, whose testimony is that he was saved while on a trip. Um, so how do we put all this together and how do we, how do we think about that? So that's, that's our question. It's a lot of questions, but it's kind of boiling down to how do we think through hallucinogens? So Andrew, ready, go. Yeah. Where, where in the world do we start? Um, okay. Maybe it would be helpful to start like this. Uh, Matthew, are you good with people taking aspirin? Um, yes, I am good with that. Okay. Are you good with people um, consistently using heroin? Uh, I am probably not. No, probably not. Okay, so that kind of sets maybe some sort of spectrum for us. And I know we're talking about hallucinogens, which is maybe different, but there are God created the world good, sin broke it, um, and our relationship to the creation as well as our creator was broken in the fall. And so there are various substances in the world that God has created and others that man have created that affect and alter either our our physical abilities or our mental capabilities or um yeah your brain and how it alter how it perceives reality um now with hallucinogens what's unique about them in my understanding i don't know if this is technically accurate but when we talk about hallucinogens i'm thinking of things that specifically alter your perception of reality um I think maybe that would be a good way to say it. Is that yeah we're on the right track? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I would I agree with you. Um, and so I think where we start with this, uh, 
Let, let me let me back up and just make a general comment about this subject. For most of the people listening to this, this is probably not personally relevant. I'm going to guess that the people that are listening to Since You Didn't Ask are are probably not wrestling with should I, you know, go on a on a mushroom high. But uh, the medical side is becoming way more mainstream on this. Totally, totally understand. Yeah. yeah. So, but what I'm what I want to just point out is this might just be for some people at least just a mental exercise and just kind of a fun thing to go through. I want to point even for people who might be in that position or that perspective. um, What I would hope that we can try to do with this is how do we take any issue, even something like this that uh, um, and, and look to the Bible that was written thousands of years ago. And how do we use that to, to frame around and to understand and to build a grid through which we can understand an issue that is becoming more and more relevant to today and in the same way probably wasn't relevant at the time the Bible was written. So uh, this is a good example of how do we do that type of thing. And so um, that's... See, I'm already going to get feisty on this. Okay. Totally relevant when the Bible was written. Not um, in the way that you... That that it is... um, uh, being addressed in culture today. Okay. So yeah. even as we look at the uh, at the advent of the use of CBD for things like whether it okay, be sleep yeah. aid mm-hmm. or pain relief or things like that, there are things being developed and being moved more mainstream that are uniquely a part of our culture today and in in the 21st century. And um, and absolutely, there were yeah. there were mind altering opportunities at the time of the Bible. Um, but I, I would just suggest that how that fits into culture today is is unique to our culture. Fair right enough. Now. No, that's that's a good point. I think the reason I I brought that out not just to be facetious, but I actually think that the Bible's prohibitions against um, what what we would term drug use um, stems from the fact that there is a spiritual component there, yes. and that essentially the way I'm going to word it is that the Bible is telling you that the spiritual realm is real. And that there, there is an appropriate way to interact with God as a spiritual being and, and, and live in both the physical realm, knowing that there's also a spiritual realm. And that happens through scripture and that happens through faith and that happens through a relationship with Christ. And drugs seem to be presented as an um, inappropriate attempt to access that world, which over the course of human history has been essentially what drugs are used for. Um, I, yeah, you can totally agree. And we're on, we'd be on the same page on that, which is boring, but yes. Um, and, and so that being said, um, God has a habit of even working through inappropriate actions of humans to still bring people to saving faith. Um, so we don't excuse the, anything that might, when we haven't even said what we mean by inappropriate yet. So we'll have to, we will get to that. But just because something results in somebody's salvation doesn't necessarily mean that that what brought them to that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. That 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 alone doesn't set the standard. Um, so we haven't answered the question or even addressed it yet, but we just want to make sure that, that that part is clear. Well, and and to follow up, not only does that logic apply with salvation, it also applies. I think again. I don't know if this is exactly correct, but the bit I've seen, yeah, there there is decent evidence that some of the um, psilocybin and some of the compounds in the mushrooms, they, they are having good clinical effects, especially with PTSD is what sure. I'm understanding. Yeah. That doesn't justify the means. Um, 
especially if I mean let's just take this situation let's say that yes you're having genuine experiences and and maybe we'll get into this later but there there's almost almost a hundred percent of the experiences are, are in this, a spiritual type of experiences how that's the wording people use um, of, of course Satan and of course demonic forces want people to um, to be essentially you know blind and happy as they go towards hell and so the fact that it brings physical or mental uh, healing doesn't validate I don't yeah <laughs> so so let's take the others the, well okay we should we should probably at least pause here and say what what are the the biblical truths that we put around how, how do we okay. want to think about this so I'll just throw out some of the obvious ones and then add to it as you, as you want um, but um, we start with there is a gift of medicinal value that the Bible recognizes. Um, and there's lots of places you can look at that, but even Paul's admonition to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, you ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you're sick so often. And so there is this, this um, view of, of even using alcohol in this particular example mm-hmm. for medicinal purposes uh, that there's a value and a recognition from the Apostle Paul on that. And um, I know people point to, and it's it is a fair fair point that Jesus's first miracle, John chapter two, has mm-hmm, to do with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, we have the the admonition from Paul in Ephesians five: don't be drunk with wine. And the the, the counter to that is what's most important, I think. But be filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have the corollary to that in Colossians three: that uh, being filled with the Spirit is to um, have the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So. The, the call for believers is um, to recognize that there are elements that God has given that are beneficial for medicinal purposes that are a gift from God and that we are to be controlled um, at the highest level by the Holy Spirit and that um, being drunk with wine can work counter to that. So we see that as something that is wrong and how we are controlled by the Holy Spirit is that the word of Christ is infecting and infusing the way that we think, feel, operate and and to where we can behave in a way that actually honors the Lord. So those would be just some beginning places of where mm-hmm. I would go to mm-hmm. to start to 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 think this through and to frame it. Would you add anything else? The only thing I would add is um, when Paul lists the fruit of the spirit, he puts love and self-control at the bookends of that list, which is meaningful, and we could get into that another time. But um, the at least one of the things that the Spirit produces in us is self-control. And so there's this idea of being Spirit-controlled and self-controlled almost go together, that um, as you are more and more filled with the Spirit and He um, works in you, that that actually works itself out as godly self-control. And so I, I tend to see the dividing line on... Um, appropriate use of substances that God has given us would be, does this inhibit my ability to be in control of myself? Um, which I think is the, the problem with alcohol. And, and to maybe to put that in even more biblical terms, does this, I'm not biblical. No, no, it, it is. No, but I mean, <laughs> no, no, sorry. Maybe I didn't no, no, that. no, no. I'm just the, teasing. The, to, um, does does whatever I am ingesting or or, or taking, um, does it inhibit the 
um, the reality of the word of Christ dwelling in me richly? Mm -hmm. Am I in a place where God's word can actually have a meaningful effect? Now, somebody might argue that when I'm high, that it's going to have more of an impact on me. Um, But then I think that that comes back to the issues of, are you in control of yourself and can you act in a way that God has has granted to you to to be able to be pleasing to Him while um, submitting to the Holy Spirit. So is is there something that comes in the way? Now, to parse this out a little bit further, you started off by kind of painting extremes from aspirin to yeah. uh, to heroin. Um, we okay? We give we give an okay to believers to give up their control to medicine Mm -hmm. all the time. For example, if you're going in for open heart surgery, (laughs) we knock you out. And I would argue that while you are unconscious, you are not capable of letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. to be um, uh, controlled by the Holy Spirit in 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 the way that you are acting because you are incapable of acting. So how are we to process things like that, and how does that fit into this discussion? I, I this is the question that I I'm not sure I'm able to put it together really cleanly because um, yeah people take opiates all the time um, but then you on the same side you have people that where it spirals downhill out of control and and it can end in suicide so like we're, we're dealing with things that are obviously dangerous and and detrimental and can be helpful um, and so. Yeah, I mean, I. This is just like a a personal side, but I, like I have no problem with someone going in for anesthesia or something medicinal, um, but then those lines get really blurry with something like you were talking about with CBD, where it's been primarily perceived as recreational. That's maybe changing, or I, yeah. I yeah, would I, I don't know how to piece it together. Yeah, so I would remove the how is it. Perceived, I think there is an element of that for in the discussion, but from a completely different angle. Okay. But when we're just evaluating it purely in a vacuum, is this okay or not okay? It the the Christian has to ask: um, Is this in any way inhibiting my ability to have self-control, which is a function of the Holy Spirit um, filling you, and um, and does it in any way inhibit my um, my ability to uh, to let the word of Christ dwell in me richly, which is is just another way of saying the same thing. So um, we and so when the Christian is is asking themselves that question and going through that process, um, what we have to steer away from is because there are exceptions or there are possibilities that good can come of my relinquishing of my self control doesn't in and of itself justify that action. Um, and again, I bring it back to um, God works through, um, we'll just say, say it bluntly, God works through sin for his glory as a regular means. The greatest sin ever committed was the murder of the Son of God, and um, God works through that to bring about the salvation of many. So um, we, we have to be very careful not to say there are cases where good comes of this, therefore I am justifying it across the board. Um, because good came out of the murder of Jesus does not ever justify murder. And, um, and so I would, I would kind of apply that same thought process back to hallucinogens. If they are robbing me of my um, 
of my self-control, even if it result, even if my lack of self-control results in a good thing. And I, I'm completely on board with that argument. And I, I just would add the layer of, um, and, and I, I'm stumbling because I think I'm going to be logically inconsistent here, but, um, I think there is the layer of, of the Bible's warnings being targeted at these are, these are often or can be, um, gateways into the spiritual realm that are, that are real and that are, um, unhelpful, dangerous, even dangerous is the right word. dangerous. Um, now the reason I'm, I'm logically inconsistent is I don't know that that's always and every time the case. And I think it varies substance to substance, but I, even person to person and person to person and uh, your intention behind using it and all these kind of things. So I, I, I can't really draw any hard and fast conclusion from that other than, um, I think the self-control thing it, it, and being filled um, with with the Spirit and letting Christ's Word dwell in you, that's absolutely true and real and, and central. Um, I think that spiritual realm component is there too. Um, so I think, you know, maybe a way to, to, to put this is, is this, is what I'm about to do going to create a scenario where I can um, be out of control to the extent that I'm going to be more likely to sin. So yeah, I see if you're, you're going in for surgery and you're going to be knocked out for surgery and you're benefiting from, from, uh, from medicine and from um, how God has, has gifted humans to be able to, to help from a health standpoint, um, while you're knocked out and on that operating table, you're not going to be more likely to sin. Right. But you could take a hallucinogen and you could a whole lot of times in a row say, you know, actually have the pattern of I'm, it's not causing me to sin, but you're still out of control of your faculties to a certain extent. And you don't know that ultimately it's going to lead you to potentially uh, step into, into sin and more likely. And, and we, as believers, we just don't want to relinquish self-control right. to where we are opening our opening the door for for greater levels of sin now what if we were to turn that on its head and this is purely a hypothetical um but um what if um what if there was a a pill that was developed that all that it did was removed um lust and you could wake up every morning and take this pill and every um, human being that took it would be completely free of the temptation to lust with that kind of a, that's, that's the opposite. It's like, we're, so on the one hand, we're talking about a hallucinogen that might open the door to more likely sinning. What if you could take a pill that would eliminate a particular sin? I'd take it. So uh, this, um, that's that's cool because then we could disagree. Um, I think that I would say no. Um, now I'm open to having my mind changed okay, on this. Hold on, I'm just I'm trying to see the trap. Here. There's, there's no there's no trap. <laughs> okay. Why would you not take it? So. Oh I, oh oh! Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> 
I'm very concerned about battling sin and overcoming sin apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, yes. The yes, definition yes. of a Christian is that the Holy Spirit dwells in us and we want to be submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit all the time. Now, somebody could say, now, now I'll make your argument for you. Yeah, go ahead. Somebody could say, so um, I'm submitting to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to take the any action I have to to right, eliminate the sin. To, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to, yeah. to embrace that. And um, I'd have to think about that a whole lot more, um, but it it concerns me. To uh, I, I guess where I would draw the line here, maybe it's a it's something that could be different from person to person, um, and situation to situation. But it it concerns me to have a scenario in which our ultimate highest level reliance is is drawn away from relying on God and relying on the the word of Christ to dwell in me richly and to actually make a real difference. I don't want to deny the power. We, I, I'm afraid that especially in our culture and our world today, that we lose sight of the fact that Christians actually have the power to overcome sin. Mm -hmm. um, And and that is through the Holy Spirit's work in us. We, we actually do. We can't ever deny that reality. Um, that we and, and and ever fall into the trap that says I need something else added in mm-hmm. order to overcome sin. Um, maybe there's a place to ha- to use a crutch at times to bridge to a certain point of maturity, but I don't want to create that scenario where I am ever that ever creeps into my thinking that I need something beyond God and His Word. I you you flipped me. <laughs> I would say no, not and it's funny. I would even take a. Uh, maybe I don't know if it's a step further or a different track, but um, I think there's an argument to be made that God's intention for mankind is, and this actually comes back to the spirit-controlled, self-controlled thing. Um, there is something more beautiful, virtuous, um, like Christ in in the triumph over sin through the power of the spirit than the removal of the desire for it yes. entirely if that makes sense i mean yeah. adam and eve could have been left completely innocent theologians will talk about their innocence before the fall well okay let me p- phrase yeah, that ahead. a tiny bit differently sure, sure, sure. but same same idea it's not it's not the triumph over sin over compared to the removal of sin it's the triumph over sin that is in the redirection of desire yeah, so, the purifying of desire. Yes, right. yes. So, so in other words, the 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 exaltation of Christ is so much bigger. Yes. When somebody says, "I love Christ more than what this lustful temptation is," as opposed to saying, "I've just eliminated the lustful temptation." Right. It's when it when the desire is towards towards Christ, and so. Um, that's that's where that's where we want and 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 I think when we so all of this is related these aren't two separate subjects this it's, totally impacts what movies you watch by the way um, <laughs> and the music you listen to okay I'm sure that it does and that takes <laughs> us know, a, go just go, go that's another another <laughs> direction but the I, I think the way that we we can we can kind of capture this whole thing is one I would st- I would say that I am reluctant to put hard lines 
around can I take this or not take this because I do think there's different dosages and scenarios and and there's a lot of different things to to consider. Um, but what I would say is that the aspiration of a regenerated Christian is I want to pursue Christ with everything I have and leave everything else behind me. My life trajectory is towards Christ, and I want to I, I want there to be this trail that I blaze through everything else that stays behind, and I'm I'm going to Christ. Anything that changes that as the ideal aspiration of a believer. Um, is less than what God wants of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we introduce hallucinogens that are creating other ways to Christ than than a a Holy Spirit-infused desire, or when we introduce even even, um, drugs of any kind or anything that in some way dampens... um, uh, temptation or or um, diminishes our ability to sin, um, and there are scenarios where that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that's again less than ideal, and and I don't want to deny the bridge that sometimes is needed or the crutch that is needed, but never at the expense of saying my heart longs to pursue Christ with everything I have, fueled by the Holy Spirit, without dependency on other things in order to live in a holy way. That 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 heart desire, um, I don't ever want anything that would mask that hmm. or or redirect that desire. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I feel like that's a great way to wrap it up. And do you want, should we add anything else before we end it today? No, I think that's probably a, a good way to put it. As long as there is a clear understanding that it's that, it's the trajectory that we're aiming towards. And there's room within that trajectory, I think, for there to be, certain deviations for under certain circumstances. I would just, I would leave that as I think it's always good to obtain counsel when, Mm -hmm. when wrestling with these kinds of issues. And if you're doing something ever in secret, um, that's probably a clue that, um, uh, that, that maybe you're on the wrong track. Yeah. That's helpful. All right. Well, thank you, Matthew. And thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time.